0: you're listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 770 chqr it's never too
1: soon to start a life plan. It might be too late to dictate your wishes if you don't have documentation in place. Life plans are all about maximizing wealth, protecting assets, and minimizing tax. You can get a lot of good ideas about life planning by going to McMillanEstate.com and reading the blog topics that are posted. Then call the office weekdays during business hours at 403 and make an appointment to sit down with the Macmillan estate planning professional. The Macmillan team will take you through the process step by step and craft a plan specifically suited to your wishes and needs. You can also take in one of their free seminars to learn more about the process of building a life plan. The next seminars are June 20th in Calgary. It might be the best 90 minutes you can invest in your own future and the future of those you love.
0: Wayne Nelson back with you on The Strong Room on 770 CHQR. We've been discussing estate administration, a checklist of what you need to know as you carry out the last wishes of the deceased. It could seem a bit more daunting than you might have anticipated and could take on a life of its own if not managed properly. My guest this morning is Macmillan Estate Planning Legal Counsel, Henry Villanueva. Henry, just before the break, we talked a little bit about the funeral. We talked about identifying the deceased, the beneficiaries. What is the next step in this checklist of, of, during this probate process?
1: Mm-hmm. So the next step is uh, similar to what I mentioned earlier, is identifying that very important document, which is the will. Now, there's some challenges or um, uh, tips here in regard to the will. Uh, I've had or seen uh, instances where an individual or a couple draft the will by themselves. They type it out on the computer and they print it and then they sign. And then they know, because they've done some Googling, that uh, they need a witness. Uh, so they um, have a, a next door neighbor or a friend nearby witness their signature and uh, they feel that they have a will and they're comfortable. This may qualify as a will, of course, depending on the requirements. However, Most commonly, one of the challenges in regard to the will is that affidavit of witnesses. So in some instances, in regard to self-wrought written wills, um, there is no affidavit of execution of the witness attached to them because they missed that step. So what has to happen now is that the surviving um, family would have to look for that witness who witnessed the deceased's signature when he signed the will. Now, time has passed and your neighbor that was there 15-20 years ago may not be the same neighbor again and if you forgot to get their number when they uh, moved using the U-Haul, you may not know their whereabouts. You can try to look for them on Facebook, LinkedIn and so forth and whatnot but uh, it may be a challenge Good thing the laws require two signatures and you have an alternative witness to look for. So uh, if you find that other witness or if he or she is still around the neighborhood, you will need to get him or her to swear an affidavit that they did see the deceased sign the will and that their signature is the signature of the witness on that specific document.
0: Not to complicate matters, but what if one or both of the witnesses has passed on.
1: Then we have a very big problem. We'd have to go through our our recommendations and alternatives for that. We can do publication, but if we can't really have uh, a witness sign um, that they did see the deceased sign, then we might have to deal with some intestacy or no-will issues because Uh, the will may not be valid.
0: Okay, now that's a whole other matter. Henry, we've talked about the importance of having a valid will. We've talked about the family. We've talked about considerations for the children. Are there other considerations?
1: We're going to talk about considerations for the executors or the trustee. Okay. So usually the family is the executor and trustee, but sometimes they may not be. For example, if the individual passed away and he was single, then his executor or trustee may be a friend okay, or a colleague at work. Now, there are certain instances or factors that we have to consider there. And among those are, number one, uh, it is desirable and preferred and recommended that the executor be or should have been a resident of Canada so that we are not dealing with U.S. estate tax issues and uh, we're not having to manage the IRS taxing the estate in addition to CRA. Because one taxing authority is pretty much enough. Yes. Another issue that we have to deal with is whether or not that first level executor has agreed to take on the role of executor. Why? Because they do have an option to step back and resign if they are uncomfortable or if logistically it just doesn't work for them. If for any reason they moved all the way to Toronto and you live in Calgary, then it's it's logistically hard for them or burdensome for them to travel to Calgary back and forth. So these are the considerations for executor. First of all, did the executor accept the position? Second, is the executor a resident of Canada? And third, is it Okay for them to take on the role logistically, will it not duly unburden or burden the the executor in fulfilling this role if he had moved to a faraway place? And now once we've figured out who the executor will be, then it is his role to take on the next step, which is uh, following the instructions of the deceased according to his will and distributing the assets.
0: So that should be a little simpler because everything has been drawn out, presumably, if the uh, deceased did their work properly ahead of time.
1: Had they planned with Macmillan Estate Planning, it would be all in order and probate would be minimized and the job of the executor would be a breeze. All right. However, in real life, should you have missed that step of doing planning before you pass away, the the job of the executor may be really what we call a job. You will see an individual walk into the home of the deceased and think at the back of their head, oh my God, they have so much stuff in their house. What do I do with all this stuff? And this is very common. This is very
0: common when a a deceased person leaves behind the house, everything in it, there can be some sentimental uh, items for family members. There's the family fight. I want this, I want that, if it hasn't been properly discussed or assigned ahead of time.
1: Exactly, and what usually happens at that point is that the family or the executor, uh, rather, would set up what's called an estate sale, and we've all heard about these estate sales. There's signs and postages everywhere around town, However, what I want to caution families is that um, we want to be sure that uh, the items of the deceased are sold and at a reasonable price as well because if the deceased had a very nice um, rug collection, authentic rug collection from Persia or vases from Italy or glasswork from uh, the European countries, then we want to be sure that value is put on that as well. We don't want the executor to assume that such a a uh, trinket for example or vase or artifact was just bought at a cheap shop here in Calgary in town
0: sure you you want to make sure that you call in a professional to appraise or assess the value of some items because the person might think oh well that's nothing and it could be worth and it could be worth thousands of dollars. We've all heard about those stories where somebody picked up a, a painting for 10 bucks and it uh, sold for tens of thousands of dollars afterwards.
1: Exactly. So, and that com- that usually happens to um, jewelry as well. Uh, that happens, uh, that occurs as well for um, clothing. for example, furs, those are very expensive, as well as uh, collectible items. Um, so these are items that we have to take into consideration to make sure that they're appropriately valued.
0: All right, so we've got the trinkets, we've got the items that are inside the house. The house itself cannot be sold until probate is completed.
1: Correct. That's another challenge in regard to uh, the assets of the uh, deceased. And among those are the um, the primary home or the investment uh, real property, the recreational home or the farmland. These are assets that may not be sold or cannot be sold unless we get probate on the estate. Aside from that, um, the next step that happens uh, that the executor has to deal with is to look for the assets of the deceased. And it's easier said than done usually uh from my um, experience with families is that it is one of the biggest challenges that they uh the face. So they have to go around the house trying to look for bank statements, trying to check whether this bank bank account has been closed or is still open or I see a bill on the countertop. Has this been paid or not paid? So I'll tell you the job of an executor uh, is really a job. It's a private investigator job, and they really have to do a lot of phone calls, visiting banks and branches, and other items that they have to deal with as well include the TELUS box, the Shaw cable, the utilities, condo fees. Property taxes. Property taxes. Uh, as well as their individual personal income taxes as well. You have to prepare their tax returns come tax return filing time.
0: This is the simple stuff because we haven't yet got into the assets and the liabilities. We'll come back and discuss that on another show. My guest today has been Macmillan Estate Planning Legal Counsel, Henry Villanueva, and we have been discussing estate administration. The probate process, basically a checklist of what you need to know along with some tips and strategies to help you in your role as executor or estate administrator as you carry out the last wishes of the deceased. If you'd like to know more, the Macmillan team will be in Calgary on Thursday, June 20th at 6.30 p.m. and in Edmonton on Tuesday, June 25th at 6 p.m to talk with you about estate or life planning. To register, contact McMillan Estate Planning at 403-266-6464 during weekday business hours or learn what McMillan Estate Planning does by visiting their website at macmillanestate.com. That's McMillan, spelled M-A-C-M-I-L-L-A-N. I'm Wayne Nelson, and thanks for joining us this morning on The Strong Room on 770 CHQR.